1: I feel like we were
0: the table. Do it. You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fan Sided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook, and you can find all of the podcast content at lockedonpackers.com. And now, You can call the Locked On Packers fan hotline. You can send a text message. Send your questions, your comments, whatever it is, to 920-341-3775. That's 920-341-3775. I want to hear from you. I'm going to play some of these on the show, answer some questions when I can, especially if it's a particularly good question. Just don't be a jerk. It's not that hard. That's not my phone number. That's not my cell phone number. It's not the phone number of anyone I know. So if, if you're a jerk, the only person that's going to know is you, really. And that's going to be on you. I can't help that. Jason Hershorn on the show today to discuss a bunch of Packer topics, including David Bakhtiari's injury, Kentrell Bryce's return from injury, We talked about the Aaron Rodgers contract situation, the backup quarterback situation, a ton of stuff in this interview before we get there. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on much of anything before we do get there because that the the interview with Jason is, is long enough that I don't have to, but the depth chart came out. The unofficial depth chart came out yesterday. And here's the thing about the depth chart. I don't care. And you shouldn't either. None of it matters. It's never mattered. Mike McCarthy only does it because he has to. Because it is a a prerequisite of playing a game. The NFL requires it. But none of these things matter. Okay, Jamal Williams is technically the starting running back. I don't care. I don't care. And I saw that, you know, there were some some people on Twitter that were trying to parse, oh, who's the fourth cornerback versus the fifth cornerback, the sixth receiver versus the seventh receiver. Equinemius St. Brown is technically ahead of Mark. Who cares? Who cares? None of it matters right now because in a week, it'll be different. Because we'll have played a game and we'll have seen more practices and more things will have been adjudicated in that time. And in two weeks, the roster is not even going to look the same. So to, to be worried about stuff like this now, it's just, it's pointless. It's frivolous theoretically yes, you're right that is why we have a daily podcast to worry about the frivolous but it just I think any discussion for me would be disingenuous because I just don't care and I don't think you should either and and any kind of trying to to, to get into the weeds with this stuff to me, just would be filling the airwaves, just filling content. And as many of you have probably figured out, I don't need an excuse for that. I don't. I don't need any help making things up. I don't. I don't need to fill time with garbage. And that's what it is. It's. It is totally aesthetic, and it is totally superfluous. It does not matter. It, it's not even going to matter on Thursday because the starters aren't going to play. So who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. And hopefully you know that. But maybe you don't. I don't think it matters. It does not matter to me. Because in a week, it's going to be different. And in two weeks, it's going to be different. And in four weeks, it's going to be different. So why worry about it right now? Mike McCarthy is always going to defer to veterans. I think it is interesting that Jair Alexander is already on the second team. Ahead of Quentin Rollins, who's been tried... At every position possible, I mean every single position. We talked about the safeties, Jason and I did, but I mean we're on position like four or five for Rollins. Couldn't be a boundary corner, couldn't be a slot corner, couldn't be a dime linebacker. Now they're trying to trying him as a safety. At a certain point, it's gonna we're gonna realize this is just not gonna work out, and and longtime listeners of the show know. I've been banging that drum for a year or longer. This idea that, oh, he's he's not fast enough or athletic enough to play corner. Let's just put him at safety. Well, I don't want a slow safety. I don't want a 4-6 safety. I don't love that ha Clinton-Dix is, is not a 4-4 guy. I would much prefer a Kentrell Bryce who runs 4-4 or a Josh Jones that runs 4-4. Too slow is too slow. I don't want too slow. I don't want a guy that I have to change positions because he's not athletic enough. I just don't want that guy. I don't I don't want a player that I have to makeshift into something, that I have to MacGyver into a position on my football team. No thank you. Before we get to Jason, I want to tell you about Vivid Seats. You want to go to the game on Thursday, Packers-Titans? You can do that with Vivid Seats. Don't sit around watching the Packers from home when you can be at the stadium cheering in person thanks To Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is offering locked on Packers listeners 10% off their first ticket order when they use the exclusive promo code LOCKED ON. One word that's locked on. New customers only, and the offer is good through the end of August, so get on it now. Preseason and regular season tickets are available. Get your tickets in advance for week one. I had a buddy text me today Hey, I got tickets to Packers Bears. But go to Vivid Seats and I'm going to give you a discount on your tickets. You're going to buy tickets anyway? Get a discount. Go to VividSeats.com or download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for 10% off your first order. The offseason is over. The NFL is back and Vivid Seats wants to help you get to the game. And he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like
1: the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, let's get to Jason. He is an award-winning NFL writer, works with me at SB Nation formerly of Sports on Earth. He's at NFL.com. He is everywhere you find football content and analysis. That is where you can find Jason. You can follow him on Twitter at by underscore JBH. Jason, thanks for joining Locked on Packers. Peter, it's been a long time since we've done this
2: podcast thing.
0: It has, although you were you were the first and only replacement host for me hosting while I was on my honeymoon. So I uh, I'm glad to have you
2: back. I read that to mean that after I hosted it, you were uncomfortable letting anybody take it away from you ever again.
0: I, I you know, I think that's a reasonable, that's a reasonable stance here. Let's start with something very, very important. All the people want to know, when did you know Jake Kummerow was going to the
2: Hall of Fame? Well, it's, you know, it's different for everybody, right? Like Jake Kummerow is a name that I think for all of us at packing company, at least you included, had In our bottom 10 of our 90-man roster rank, so we're we're going to transition away from the joke, none of us saw this coming. I I can say with confidence I had never seen him in the flesh, on tape. I don't think I'd even seen a still of him prior to (laughs) this offseason. So. You know, the whole thing about Jake Kumaro being a member of the Bosa family and how he's this super consistent, very large target that Aaron Rodgers has now fully endorsed, it really has come out of nowhere, at least from my perspective.
0: I don't know how you could have any other perspective like that is just the perspective. He's he is the story of training camp thus far, though. And you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. We have to discuss the elephant in the room that apparently is shrinking, it seems, with the contract situation. What is your what is your read on what's going on based on the available information which seems to change by the day and contradict itself and and move in strange and mysterious ways.
2: Yeah, so to to get in a little get a little behind baseball here when we plan to do this podcast it seemed as though the Rogers extension could drag out maybe even into next offseason. And the, what I wanted to talk about is how if we're reading the tea leaves, reading Rogers' actions, reading the team's actions, reading, frankly, the way this is being reported, it was starting to seem to me at least that Rodgers was probably going to get his contract extension before the start of the season. And now, since that time when we agreed to this podcast, that appears to be the dominant narrative that there have been there has been progress made between the Packers and Rogers' camp that it does look like they are going to reach an extension, if not by the start of the 2018 regular season, soon thereafter. And really that makes sense. Rodgers, unlike many of his other contemporaries who are looking for new contracts this off season has not only reported to camp without any real, any real drama outside of what a few local reporters might've tried to stir up, but he was part of every part of the off season before that, that you would expect Rodgers to participate in. He, He really didn't try to take any hard lines with his actions. His words where in some cases, you talked about wanting to have more freedom in his contract, doing stuff that might change the way that players like him are able to negotiate in the future. But ultimately, he was still saying, I want to be a member of this organization for the remainder of my career. And in a vacuum, maybe that doesn't mean a whole lot, but combined with his actions, combined with the way the team appeared to be approaching it, it really paints the picture that an extension was still inevitable and is probably going to happen over the course of the next month.
0: You mentioned the reports that there was, there was significant movement uh, and progress being made, given what we we've heard, at least about what some of the the unique stipulations Rogers had floated or suggested, and it very much felt like trial balloons that had been floated out there. Is there is there any way to read into what the what the progress might be in terms of uh, how this is structured with the contract?
2: At this point, at least from our perspective, from the outside looking in, I think it's still too speculative to to really know, but we can take stabs in the dark if we really want to. We have talked privately, and I know you've talked on this podcast, about how Rodgers lacks the leverage at this point to really change the way that a superstar quarterback's contract is structured. I, I don't see how he could get an early out-out, especially because the Packers essentially control him for four to five years as it stands. I don't really see how he could force a percentage of the salary cap in there. That one seems a little more feasible to me, but I still think it's a little too far-fetched if he's going to sign a contract right now, as in this calendar year of 2018. But he can probably do more than just get the next biggest salary for a quarterback. They could put something in there perhaps where if his contract falls out of the top, to pick a number or someone at random, the top five for quarterbacks, that it triggers some sort of renegotiation where he then is matched to whoever's the highest at that point, or it adds a certain amount of value to it or something of that nature to keep it from aging as quickly as we saw his last extension did. Is there going
0: to be a point that we get to with this contract where you start to get concerned about the progress that is or isn't being made?
2: No. And again, it's because of how much time the Packers have and how much time, frankly, that Rodgers has to deal with. He turns 35 this season. The Packers have him under contract for two more years, and they can comfortably franchise tag him for two more if it comes down to it. So from their perspective, they have four years of Rodgers, maybe five if they really want to pay that premium on that final franchise tag. And if they're negotiating from that perspective – You're not going to give Rodgers an early opt-out, and if you're Rodgers at some point, if that's really what you're looking for, you're going to have to give that up or just acknowledge that at some point you're going to be going year to year. I don't think Rodgers is going to do that, and at some point they're going to meet in the middle both in terms of how much he's going to make and what clauses may be in that contract that are atypical for a player like Rodgers, but would keep him again from becoming a player that's barely in the top 10 for his position.
0: Let's pivot to some of the quarterbacks backing up Aaron Rodgers because this Brett Hundley-Deshaun-Kaiser battle is something that's going to wage for the next few weeks. And, and I don't think it's, it's fair to handicap it one way or the other at this point or at least pick a favorite. How do you see this playing out over the next few weeks? And, and how do you think it ultimately adds up for Green Bay in terms of how they stack this roster with their quarterbacks?
2: The only thing I feel certain about as it relates to the backup quarterbacks is that they are only going to end up keeping one of Kaiser or Hundley just because they don't like keeping three quarterbacks on the roster, at least not on the season opening roster. And I can't see either one of them making it to the practice squad if both of them are even eligible. Kaiser, I'm pretty confident is. Hundley, I believe, has exhausted his practice squad eligibility. In either case, they're not going to be there. So at that point, you're looking at, okay, which one is going to ultimately win the job? And like you, I I feel it's too early to really say – I probably have more confidence in Deshaun Kaiser simply because what we saw last year from him wasn't significantly different in quality than what we saw from Brett Hundley. The difference being Kaiser was doing it in his rookie year as opposed to Hundley doing his third. So there might be more room for growth there. I mean, there's a reason why Kaiser was a second round pick as opposed to Hundley, who's originally a fifth round pick. Doesn't always mean that they're going to stay that way, but I do feel as though Kaiser probably has more untapped potential. And maybe this is the team that's able to get it out of him, in which case, yeah, Kaiser could be the top backup for the Packers entering week one.
0: I was trying to put together what I thought was the ideal situation for this, and I thought, well, it's probably both players playing well, and then Green Bay can trade one of them. Does that seem like a a fair assessment? I mean, how do you see that? What what do you think ideally the Packers would want to see happen?
2: Well, if we're going on my assumption that Kaiser has the higher upside of the two, given where they are in their respective careers, then he's the one that probably makes most sense for them to keep. Obviously, they traded a fair amount of capital to get him in Demarius Randall, who, you know, for all of his faults, was their most consistent cornerback last year. And that would leave Brett Hundley as the dangling third veteran quarterback here. And it's so hard, even if he plays lights out, for me to see a team trading for him, because if the Packers have clearly chosen Kaiser over him, they know that Hundley is going to get cut. So even in an ideal situation, I I cannot see another team trading real draft capital or player capital for him. Maybe if there's a player that another team is planning on cutting anyway, they could trade those pieces. If it's something that Green Bay wanted, that is what I view as being the real ceiling of Brett Hundley's value or Kaiser's value. If that player is the third quarterback amongst the veterans.
0: Let's pivot to injuries to two players who luckily for the Green Bay Packers were not serious. And I think the most troubling injury, and, and there was there was some serious uh panic, I think, from a lot of Packer fans and, and perhaps even some some players and those within the organization when they saw David Bakhtiari go down. The fact that he is unlikely to be seriously hurt or that it's unlikely to linger, obviously with ankle injuries, uh, much like soft tissue injuries. we those are, those are things that can and often do linger. But to have Brian Bulaga and David Bakhtiari healthy on the same offensive line, it's hard to overemphasize the difference between that and having to start Kyle Murphy and Jason Spriggs or some combination thereof.
2: To put all of that in a different context... After Aaron Rodgers, David Bakhtiari is the most valuable and the most irreplaceable member of the Packers' offense. Yeah. They certainly would be in trouble if Devonta Adams were to go down, but they have Jimmy Graham there. They have other pass catchers like Randall Cobb, who has had plenty of experience. They wouldn't be as good, but they could find a way to adjust. I don't know how they would have adjusted to the loss of David Bakhtiari, especially if... Brian Balaga, as you mentioned, hadn't come back so quickly from his serious injury. If they were in a situation going to week one where Bakhtiari is not there on the left side and Belaga isn't available on the right, and again, it's some combination of Jason Spriggs, Kyle Murphy, or some guy named Dave, they would be in serious trouble. It's not as though they have an easy set of the schedule to open up the year. They're going to play plenty of quality pass rushes. They're going to see a lot of new things for the NFC North. I would, I think they would be in some serious, serious trouble, even though they have Aaron Rodgers, the what well, conservatively the second best quarterback on the planet.
0: Yeah, and and you know, you know how I feel about conservative in that conversation. But uh, the other injury, and, and and the Packers also got some good news about that on Monday, and that was Kendrell Bryce returning to practice after an ankle injury that looked like it could have been serious. Again, early on, they got some good news that it ended up not being as serious as as it looked like it could have been. Uh, I have been a little surprised that he has been the de facto starter over Josh Jones to this point.
2: Uh, but you are you are less surprised. Why? I guess it's less of what Kenshaw Bryce is and isn't, and more of what Josh Jones is at this point in his career. When the Packers selected him in the second round, they knew they were getting someone with every physical tool you could want for a safety, and frankly, even for an off-ball linebacker, which is part of the reason why they played him in that role in 2017. But they knew that he wasn't all the way there in terms of the X's and O's of the game. He wasn't going to be fully accountable, which is why it was very difficult that he was playing all those different roles as a rookie. He was playing some traditional safety. He was playing some off-ball linebacker. And they've simplified that for him, it appears, this year, this offseason. However... We have seen from camp reports, and you don't want to make a ton out of those, but because they mesh with what happened in the past, I do think it's somewhat reliable that he just isn't all the way there yet mentally in terms of those getting all those reps, getting all of those mental reps more importantly. And I feel like that's probably why we saw so much more of Bryce with the number one defense or with m- m- most of the big sub packages. those being the nickel, those being some of the ones where you saw three, outside li- or three uh, off-ball linebackers on the field at once. Bryce may not have the ceiling that Josh, I mean, he definitely doesn't have the ceiling that Josh Jones has. However, we saw in his two years with the Green Bay Packers thus far, he's mostly where he's supposed to be, which has been a huge problem for that secondary, especially one that is largely one of the youngest ones in the league, at least going into 2018. That matters to not just to coaches, but that matters to other teammates. If Bryce is at least going to be in position to make a play, that's better than a player who can make every play that he's in position for, but is not going to be in position very often. Jones, at some point, almost has to be the starting safety for this defense opposite of ha Dix because Bryce's ceiling, I think, is somewhat limited. But I do think that he can operate effectively in the same way we saw uh, Charlie Pepper do in 2010. Like, it's not going to be great, but it's going to be enough. I do wonder about the
0: Oren Burks uh, elevation into this starting lineup, at least for the moment. I wonder how that complicates this because in their in their nickel package, uh, he's, he's the guy that's going to be on the field. And and maybe in, in previous years, you would have wanted, you take Jake Ryan off the field and you add a safety. And so Bryce and Clinton Dix and Josh Jones can all play together. If Burks is on the field and he is not that much further behind or maybe not far behind at all, Perhaps ahead of um, Jones when it comes to the reads or the scheme or whatever it is, maybe it is less likely that they need to put Jones on the field. I just I, I wonder about that and, and what Burke's position on this team does to complicate the way that J- Josh Jones is deployed. What do you what do you think
2: about that? Well I think it's very interesting that you discussed it in terms of safeties versus linebackers because Oren Burks while a linebacker his final season at Vanderbilt had played safety there before and that's mm-hmm. part of the reason why the Packers traded up to get him that he's going to be in in their eyes at least this perfect middle of the field pass coverage player and That was part of the appeal to Josh Jones a year earlier. So there is, at least on paper, a fair amount of overlap in their skill set. And maybe ultimately Oren Burks is better as playing that much closer to the line of scrimmage. And that's why he is already seeing more of those snaps. But you would think that they'd want to deploy both of them once they're both ready, right? Like Josh Jones isn't just a weapon in terms of what he might be able to be in pass coverage. That's a guy who has the speed. He might be one of the fastest players on the defense, full stop, that you could send him in exotic blitzes, which we expect to be a big part of Mike Pettin's defense. So right now we're not seeing a lot of Jones. I do feel, again, that that is something that is going to have to change in the not-too-distant future just because of what he can potentially do and, frankly, what they don't have from their other players in that role.
0: Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch how that all plays out over the next few weeks because this is all going to change. Everything is subject to change. Nothing is written in ink. Jason, where can people find more of the content that you put out into the universe?
2: Well, you start out by following me on Twitter. That's at by underscore JBH. I did everyone the favor of not having to spell my ludicrous last name. (laughs) You can read all of my articles via my Facebook page. You just look for Jason B. Hirschhorn, and you can hopefully find it. Uh, you can find my work on SB Nation, Acme Packing Company, NFL.com. I do features elsewhere as well. I should be having one that comes out, I believe, this week, if not the following week on fansided.com. So, yeah, check all that stuff out and keep me employed.
0: And, and Jake Cumaro's, uh gold jacket's probably 44 long, Jason, just so you know.
2: I, I will tell the tailors.
0: I want to thank Jason again for joining Locked on Packers. He is, I think... The first person to be on three times. He, he did fill in host for me when I was on my honeymoon when I first started the show. He's been a guest on the show twice now. I appreciate him taking the time from the West Coast to be on Locked On Packers. I do apologize uh, if you noticed there was a slight change in the audio uh, as we were recording there. We had some slight technical difficulties. Had a similar issue Uh, with the Ty Hildenbrand episode. uh, I think I have figured out what the problem was, and so hopefully it won't be a problem moving forward. My plan is to still bring you a number of interviews on a weekly basis moving forward. So clearly, I have to make sure that's figured out. I have to make sure that's all buttoned up by the time the regular season gets here. Unfortunately, the interviews are still in preseason form, and that's a polluted mindset, as Mike McCarthy would say, I understand that. But uh, hopefully the next one will be better and we can stack success from there. There'll be a show Wednesday, then no show Thursday with the game. Tomorrow we'll talk about players that need to prove themselves, players that have an opportunity to earn some playing time against the Titans. And then on Friday, we'll be back to recap what we saw with the Packers-Titans. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter, at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Packers. You can call the Locked on Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775. That's 920-341-3775. Remember, all of our episodes are at LockedOnPackers.com. You can like us on Facebook, leave a review there. You can leave a review on iTunes. I've noticed over the course of the summer, we've gotten some, some nice reviews mostly. Five stars would be great. Remember to put your Twitter handle in there to enter our our Pro Football Focus Edge subscription giveaway. We're still running that. We're going to continue to run that. I appreciate you being a part of the Locked On Packers family. We're going to have a lot more to come this week. The Packers are going to be on the football field, engaging in the closest thing to NFL football, as we've seen in a very long time. So stick with us through the rest of the week, the rest of the season. It should be a good one. And always stay locked on. Packless.
1: Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network. But why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NHL team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app. And be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode.